Quote, In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. End quote. Benjamin Franklin Benjamin Franklin's maxim about the inevitability of taxes is so familiar that it has the ring of a cliché, but it suggests a profound truth. Taxes are a certainty we dread almost as much as death. No matter what our politics may be, when tax time approaches, we all do our best to pay as little as possible. Some people go so far as to avoid taxes altogether. Taxes and tax law may seem like dry subjects, but they've incited passions from the beginning of time. Even the American Revolution, with its rallying cry of no taxation without representation, had its roots in a quarrel over taxation. Years later, the Founding Fathers' need to repay the debts of that war resulted in an excise tax on whiskey which sparked the Whiskey Rebellion, crushed by George Washington in the backwoods of Pennsylvania. In the next century, protectionist tariffs on imported goods perceived to favor the fast industrializing North helped divide the nation before the Civil War. In the late 1970s, a popular uprising in California against excessive taxation eventually led to Ronald Reagan's election as president. We so detest taxation that some people will resort to truly desperate measures. Lady Godiva's famous ride was prompted by indignation over excessive taxes. Her nobleman husband agreed to honor her pleas for tax relief for her fellow citizens, but only if she rode naked through town. Her resulting one-woman protest made history exposing the unfairness of taxes, and then some. Today, hardly a day goes by when we don't read about someone going to jail for tax avoidance. A handful of Americans have even given up their citizenship and moved abroad. Most of us condemn these tax dodgers, but shouldn't the tax code get some of the blame? Given America's history of taxophobia, how in the world did we end up with what we have today, our horrifically heavy, appallingly complex, corruption-inducing tax code, a monster of a system that not only reaches deep into our pockets, but overreaches into our lives. It influences our behavior, distorts our economy, and, yes, ruins our quality of life as individuals and a society. If you think that's overstated, consider the experiences of unlucky taxpayers who ran afoul of the system. This story appeared in the April 13, 2005 edition of USA Today. Eric Delore of Almeida, California, owes the IRS more than $400,000. He didn't participate in a tax shelter or invent illegal deductions for a home-based business. Delore, a technology professional, is in debt because he received incentive stock options from his former employer. Those options pushed him into the nightmare world of the alternative minimum tax. In 2000, Delore exercised stock options worth $1.1 million and held on to them so he could get a better tax rate when he sold. But his employer's stock price imploded when the tech bubble burst. By the time Delore sold his shares, they were worth $5,000. But because the AMT values stock options at the time of exercise, Delore was hit with a $420,000 tax bill. There will be more on the alternative minimum tax in subsequent chapters. Actually, we think the name is a misnomer of Orwellian proportions. Doublespeak for what really should be called the alternative maximum tax, because the maximum is what you pay. Basically, the alternative minimum tax is what you pay when Uncle Sam thinks you're able to take too many deductions. Sadly, AMT horror stories are all too common. As for Eric Delore, 
the married father of two. USA Today says that his struggles over the AMT have ruined him financially. Quote, His bank accounts have been cleaned out and his paycheck intercepted. There's a lien on his house. He's tried twice to negotiate a lower tax bill with the IRS but was rejected both times. End quote. According to the paper, the ordeal may force him to file for bankruptcy protection.